today on Laura Lynn and Friends. Those tangible assets we need to accumulate right now as best we can because things are changing and the dollar devaluing will destabilize the whole uh, worldwide economy to a place that we've never experienced before. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the beginning of the last days. I'm Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson and I love being here with you every single day. I do not have my wedding ring fixed yet, so uh, I've got it in a very special little uh, pouch in my purse. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so then I got to thinking, talking to my husband, that maybe I should combine it with uh, my mom's uh, wedding ring because, you know, that kind of got passed down to me and I don't know what to do with it. So should I do that? What do you think? I don't know. Is that a good thing? My mom and dad were married for... 50 some years and uh, they they survived they survived it all not always happily I'll have to say you know who is always happy I don't know you know uh, we we go through really tough times I was talking to a friend yesterday having a bit of struggles uh, you know in their marriage and everything and I said well I mean what are, what are we gonna do we're human beings and when you put two human beings together in the same house for 50 or 60 years, oh, it's super hard. Anyways, uh, you know, we, we've got to strive for it because we leave this legacy to our children. We leave this beautiful demonstration. And really, it's a marriage is a, a covenant demonstration of God's love towards us. That means never leaving, even though we've failed. It means sticking, staying, and making it pay. And of course, many of you know my story, Relentless Redemption, that, uh, you know, I've, I've been through divorce and I am so sad about it. And I wish I could go back and do my life again and maybe make some different choices. But then I might not have my beautiful children. So you can't really go back. There's no option to do a redo in life. I'll tell you what I learned, though, that my God is faithful, that he is a redemptive God that he forgives, that he renews, and he redeems everything that the enemy tried to destroy. So if you're in that place today and you're kind of struggling, feeling bad, um, I don't know how marriage got to be the topic uh, today. Oh, my wedding rings. Uh, but um, just want to let you know it's worth it. Fight through it, everybody. Stick, stay, make it pay. Do whatever it takes. And above all, forgive one another. Forgiving each other is such a very, very important part of letting the wounds. Like, of course your spouse is going to let you down. Don't think I don't know this. I deal with this every day, okay? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, just a little joke. <laughs> okay, I'm in so much trouble. You know what? He probably deals with having to deal with me more than I deal with having to deal with him because... I'm a piece of work. Oh, yeah, he's got his hands up. Well, maybe, you know, I, I, my dad even said, well, she's a pill. You know, I was very, I had ideas. I had thoughts. I had opinions and I still do. So I'm here sitting there, uh, sitting here every day, turning this into a career, showing and sharing <laughs> my opinions every day. But I try to have um, godly opinions. And because I've been through such failure, and the shame and the pain was so deep. And I found the eternal, unbelievably beautiful kindness of God. That redemption that took me from a place of brokenness to a healed place 
and into my destiny. Like God used everything that I went through that was difficult. Like when Nehemiah built the wall, he used all of those stones that had been burned in the rubble, burned in the failure, burned in the the pain of life. Nehemiah used those same beautiful burned stones and he mixed them into the wall with the new stones and he formed a wall around the city for the protection of the city. And that's what we're at right now. We're we're at a season where we need the protection of the city. So what's that noise? Is that outside? All right, we'll ignore that. So you know that I love uh, to open my dad's Bible right before we get to our amazing guest. We love him. We have him repeatedly because uh, he has such a an extremely great perspective on what's going on in the world, what God is saying to us, and to watch out for some of the ideologies and the woke agendas that are, you know, really being fed to us that we have to be very aware of um, and what's going on in the United States of America. So I opened my dad's Bible and uh, I I opened once again and I, I think I've been in Jeremiah a lot with my dad's Bible and I'm so blessed because I love reading Jeremiah. I feel like Jeremiah was tortured because of the sin of the nation and that's how I feel. Don't you feel that? You feel like Jeremiah, like Canada, repent. Repent. We need to come back to God, to our founding fathers, what they thought. Uh, our, our country was founded on the principles of, you know, the God of Abraham, right? We, we've got to return to the faith of our fathers. And that means that we, we you know, we abhor sin, And we take in the principles that God wanted us to live by. So when Jeremiah was upset, my dad has underlined this. So in Jeremiah 2, 11, it says, Has a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? (sighs) Like our nation has changed its gods. We have set up the idol of the LGBTQ. We have set up the idol of transgenderism now being shoved down our children's throats every single day. Our God that we founded this nation on did not support that. No, 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 no. And even if you want to go back, I was talking to a First Nations person recently. They serve a creator. Creator. Like they believe a creator created earth. And that he made male and female. Okay? So as we all struggle, you know, through trying to understand how, you know, the different factions of our society believe the different segments, the different uh, people groups, right? The founding fathers that put forward our declarations, our Bill of Rights, our charter of rights and freedoms that says under the supremacy of God. And one judge dared to say this recently in Canada, everybody, dared to say, well, we don't know what God they meant. That could be any God. No, no, no. Brian Peckford, the last living architect of our bill of rights, our charter of rights and freedoms, okay? Brian Peckford was there. He sat at the table with Trudeau Sr., God rest his soul and have mercy on him on Judgment Day. In any case, they sat at the table and they wrestled over the Charter of Rights and Freedoms under the supremacy of God. Brian Peckford says, 
Of course we meant the Christian God. We were all Christians. We didn't actually think that, that we were going to have to wrestle over which God we were talking about. They were Christians. So in Jeremiah's day, he struggled with the same thing that we're struggling with. Who is our God in this nation? Who is, is giving the instruction on how we shall live? Are we all a post-Christian nation? Are we a godless nation? Jeremiah was upset. Right here in verse 11, Hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. That's a moment for me. God help us all. God help us all. My God is the great God Jehovah, and I honor what he says. I honor that he created man and woman, and that that is what I will teach my children. Do not forget that we are all gathering for the One Million March in Canada, and my friend Kamal El-Sheikh, Muslim, friend has called for millions to march that is this september 20th i will be in ottawa but at every city across canada at 9 a.m there is an organization at your city halls at at your parliament buildings in victoria they're gathering at the parliament i believe and we are all standing against this propagation of transgenderism towards our children and so, I don't know if we have, yeah, we, excellent, JT. Um, and so, what are we doing? We're going to be standing with our kids, standing with our families, fighting for the truth about gender and sexuality. We shall not bow to the idol that has been set up in the land. We are going to stand. I urge you, please, is it so difficult, everyone, to just go? I know, I know you don't want to be part of these crazy bunch of activist people, but could you just put on a nice, a nice outfit and go and just simply stand? We need the men to rise, not just the mama bears, but the papa bears too. And, and the cubs, bring your cubs. Apparently there's a walk out of school day. You don't have to go to school that day, kids. We're all going to be standing as a nation and Kamal believes there's going to be uh, more than a million people. He's got so much good feedback. So guess what he called for? He called for the Christians, the Sikhs, the Muslims, and the Jews to rise up for the protection of the kids. Is this not an issue we can stand together? Because guess what? We can't do it alone. We have been seized in this nation. We have a prime minister who raises the LGBTQ flag above our parliament as if it is something to be revered. It is not. It is not a part of, of our belief system. And in this country, you can scarce get a prayer in anywhere. You can scarce speak of God. No politician, certainly that's a, I mean, if you talk about God in Canada, that's a career killer. But guess who's starting to? A few good men and a few good women who will exalt the God of our fathers above all gods and will not bow to other gods, small g's in our nation. Please be there September 20th. 
All right. Woo. I just felt inspired. Okay. So I'm going to like take a breather and we are going to move on. And I would like to invite uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood. I absolutely love this man and his wife. I met them at a Reawaken America conference in the United States of America. Dr. Mark Sher Sherwood was born in Tulsa and raised in nearby Berry Hill. His time was spent in law enforcement and at the Functional Medical Institute helping thousands of patients. He and his wife, Michelle, together form a partnership of principled leadership. Together, they have successfully treated 10, get this, 10,000 COVID patients resulting in zero deaths. It's true. I love it. We're going to talk a bit about body image. And uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood, thank you very much for being here. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. And I really want to give you kudos for that outstanding opening. That was inspired from mm -hmm. God. And I really appreciate those words. And hopefully people stand up just to, to affirm this. Um, Gideon needed 300. Right. That's it. To defeat all those thousands of people. Now we have millions to defeat, and God's going to multiply that where it's not going to be one putting a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand. How many will be put to flight with a million? Come on, get involved, folks. Hundred percent. You know, um, Mark, in your um, in your country, people talk about God uh, much more openly than they do here, and I know that. When I spoke with you and you were running uh, for a political position, like you openly with your wife declared uh, that you were running with your faith intact in, you know, in, in the Lord Jesus. And that is like kind of a common occurrence in the United States, except for, you know, the rhinos and the, the lefty uh, Democrats. But even some of them will declare God. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, I mean, you know, she seems to believe in the Bible and the Nephilim and all of that, but she sure uh, doesn't live it. But but this is, um, it is presented as something that people have a firm belief in, and that's in, in God. Yeah, that's true. And I think the, the beauty of uh, America, you know, specifically North America and even the United States of America, is um, it is the last great country on planet Earth, as I observe it to be, that holds out the hope of God. In other words, it's a country where you can still speak openly about your faith. Um, thank God we're not where Canada is, but we, we need to hang on to that hope and it will bleed over. I believe we hang on to it. It will bleed over, bleed over to the nation of Canada as well. And, uh, you know, we, we've just got to really push our faith. But without faith, you cannot move a mountain. You can't. But with faith, you can. And our mountains out here are these enemies that are trying to destroy the next generation. If you destroy a generation, Laura Lynn, and keep the generations ahead, behind them destroyed as well, they don't have a memory or a history of where you've been. And that's why I appreciate your, your opening about Nehemiah. You know, you took those old stones and mixed them into the new. So our history has got to come forward to create a, a mixture of both. And we need that to go forward. So, you know, our, our legacy is at stake. Um, the honoring of God is at stake. He's not going to let his people perish. We know that. But he called us to be people that would stand up in this time and place in history. And we're here now, not by mistake but by his purpose. Amen. Um, you, uh, you really look into the culture, uh, into health. Um, 
God bless you for helping all those patients during that COVID season. And you continue to follow along. You want people to be healthy. And a real interesting trend that we have seen happening is that uh, they're beginning, this this sort of woke culture is beginning to promote um, actually being more overweight, uh, such as we're seeing in this picture here. Uh, have have you noticed that? And, and what is your thoughts on that? Obesity at present in America, uh, adults, 40% of adults in America are obese. Another 30% on top of that, Laura Lynn, are overweight. Uh, equating to more than two-thirds of our population right now in America being overweight or obese. Obesity is the fastest growing non-communicable disease in the history of mankind. Just think about that for a moment. It's being normalized, it's being sensationalized, and it's being encouraged. The more we encourage that, the more we're going to see disease trends go on the rise because obesity is synonymous with chronic systemic inflammation. It's not about the appearance of the body. God loves us all but he wants us to care for the body. And when the body becomes distorted and we become uh, accumulative in excess fat tissue, we are actually destroying God's creation. And to not put any effort into that, and on the, the, you know, on the contrary, to continue to encourage that is grievous to me. And, and I've seen this, it is very profound, and Hollywood's pushing it too, believe it or not, at this point in time. And um, this is not, it's not, my wife and I, believe it or not, Laura Lynn, you've met us both. Um, we're looked at more and more in society right now in America as freaks, as weirdos. Um, and, you know, it's like crazy. We'll walk in a room and people will say ignorant comments like, oh, you caught us. And they'll have a donut in their hand. I'm not trying to catch anybody, man. I'm just trying to keep people healthy so we can fight the fight. You know, it's crazy. But, you know, it is not abnormal to be healthy. And one little thing that I found is interesting, we're out here on the road right now. Uh, we were checking in the hotel and my wife looked over and saw um, an airline crew from Japan, Japan and J-A-L, and uh, made the comment to me. She said, hey, sweetheart, look at those ladies. There's none of them that are even overweight. And I'm like, you know what? That's normal. And that mm. should be a normal thing because the gift of life is the greatest gift of all. Yes. on this earth we need to begin to celebrate life instead of openly destroy it do you do you I, I mean if somebody begins to pack on the weight and they don't take care of themselves are they literally shortening their life they are uh, life expectancy over the last three years has decreased for the first time in our history in this country by two years and I, I suspect you know going pandemic you know there's a synonymous time frame right there um, you know, isolation, domination uh, of the enemy and leading to ill behaviors, you know, depression, uh, comfort food eating. But there's no question that obesity, you go back and even look at COVID numbers, you know, whatever we believe about that. Obesity was the number two comorbidity behind this idea of age. And so obesity, even according to the quote unquote experts, is a negative thing. So why are they not addressing it? And I find it utterly disgusting at this point why they're not addressing it. And um, unfortunately, I believe with, with all certainty, it does shorten lifespan. And it also increases what I consider six span, which is a time in which you're on a bunch of medications and not having life. Right. So it, it, it'll make the final years of your life uh, really miserable to, you know, 
to, to add to that and then shorten it at the same time. Do you think, I mean, uh, Bill Gates, um, Dennis Meadows of the Club of Rome, they talk about things like there's too many people on the planet. And so uh, we need to bring, Dennis Meadows openly says, we've played his clip uh, numerous times on the show, but you know, we've got about seven, eight billion. We need to bring that comfortably down to a billion people. We'll all share in the pain of it, <laughs> you know. I don't know how people say these things out loud. Like somehow we got to get rid of all these people. I mean, maybe it's sort of uh, their way of saying, you know, well, if if we've got a whole lot of people overweight, they're going to die earlier and we can get them off our Medicare system and, you know, be just done with these people. They don't care. They don't. And there's, there's a lot to unpack with that. And I do think that, um, uh, you know, overall kingdom view here, uh, it doesn't matter what, Meadows or Gates say, you know, God's going to do what God's going to do, and they have no power to stand against him. Um, with that said, there are several things that are agenda-driven to create that end, um, namely the um, uh, estrogenesis or the feminization of men through uh, culture, right, through uh, spiritual confusion, but also through our food supply. You know, Bill Gates has been very outspoken about things such as the Impossible Burger, you know, using um, these genetically modified uh, products with soy, which create estrogenic effects, which makes, obviously, we know that makes men have more feminine characteristics. It destroys the male seed. If you destroy the male seed, Laura Lynn, you destroy the ability to reproduce. Uh, additionally, you look at the ability to control food supplies. If you have the ability to control food supplies, you get the population uh, heavily, um, uh, you know, consuming these subsidized foods. Again, that shortens life. And if they can shorten and crush out the seed, that's a win on the senior population or the adults. But on the other end of things, this is something we don't think about, the propagation of abortion, abortion on demand, etc. So if you cut off the top end and the bottom end, what do you have? Lessened of the population. And that's exactly what they want to achieve. And people need to begin to see things like that from that perspective. Looks like I may have lost your sound for a second there. I don't hear you. One thing that uh, Tucker Carlson um, had been highlighting was that men have been losing estrogen and lowering their estrogen uh, for several decades now. And uh, do you have any insight on that at all? Yeah, statistics. So you'd be talking about testosterone, which is considered the male hormone. That's what I meant. Great, <laughs> testosterone. Yeah, great benefits for, uh, for ladies as well. Uh, but comparatively speaking, and, and this is not an exact quote, but it's generally going to give people a, an idea. You go back in the 70s, 1970s, the, uh, the, the male uh, serum or blood level of testosterone was in the 700s as an average when they're 70 years old. Today, that same group of males is about 300. So you've seen a 400 point drop in that. Um, we're also seeing today in our clinic, and we treat people all over the place, have um, increasingly lower testosterone counts at increasingly younger ages. It's not unusual for people right now that we deal with, men in their 30s, to see testosterone in the 300 range. And it needs to be up there around seven to 800. Hormones are protective against things like heart, brain, bone disease, even prostate health. So again, we, we find that the immune system is being compromised by a lack of testosterone and as we increase obesity the um, enzyme 
that converts testosterone to estrogen is created in the fat cells. It's called aromatase. So the more obesity, the more aromatase, the more conversion of testosterone to estrogen, giving more male or more female characteristics to our male population. Right. Yeah, we're seeing that even in that picture of all the guys on the beach, you know, they've got... Uh... They, you know, they're developing some some girl-looking parts there. Mm -hmm. um, that so that that is really problematic. And why do you think people are not more aware? Like, why are they letting themselves uh, get to this place too? Like, you can do exercise, you can eat healthier, you can make choices. And it does seem that people perhaps they're just not being encouraged to do that as much as we used to do it. Well, it started off with, uh, you know, the, the, the generation of children being given a participation trophy in life that you don't have to mm. put any effort into it to get rewarded. And that lack of excellence, that lowering of the bar of excellence has permeated into uh, this population as they've grown up. And now the uh, average behavior, the lack of excellence, this uh, I want to just make a C-level grade in life as opposed to winning the race. I just want to participate or even sit on the sideline and get rewarded the same. Um, is societal right now in its uh, problematic nature. And because of that, you have now the normalcy of this. And so, uh, you know, back to the top, now as it's being glorified, it's being normalized, and we know that the elitists or globalists that want to see a population shortage uh, are going to be supportive of that. And Big Pharma controls the media. And if Big Pharma controls the media, they control the narrative. And so, the only way to get around this is to shift the narrative, and my wife and I are working very, very hard every day to shift that narrative and, and communicate to people that this is not fat-shaming people. This is looking at people that do have excess fat and saying, let us help you create health as opposed to seeing you uh, create illness. Wow. Now, part of what we could do is, uh, you know, we could invest in some things that help us to feel better, uh, look better. And you and your wife, you're very committed to this. You're committed to the health. First of all, I want to I want to ask you why this is important to the both of you and why you've chosen to kind of make sure that other people will be healthy. It's a beautiful and a very noble thing. And we're grateful because you have some little uh, life sort of uh, candy things that can help people. But why do you do this? Well, we've got Kingdom Fuel and Kingdom Candy and soon to come Kingdom Crunch, which is going to be a healthy cereal. And we've got Kingdom <laughs> Cup, which is an organic mold-free coffee. Um, oh. For us, um, I got to tell you, it's hard. Um, it is hard, hard, hard. We get um, hammered from within and without quite frequently. And, and I, the only way I can answer that question is the call. You know, everybody's got to be called to fulfill something in life. And uh, a long time ago, um, and I haven't shared this too many times, but I think uh, our viewers today will get this. Um, uh, I was given a message in the middle of the night that I actually wrote down on a paper. And uh, one of the lines that God gave me was, he, he called me to do this, and I'm like, I don't want this call. But it was, he said this, he said, my people have lost their power. They've lost their power because they've lost their peace. They've lost their peace because they've neglected the physical peace of health. And he gave me some scriptures to back that up, and he, he mentioned clearly that he had called us into the world to do this. And little did I know at that time, I didn't know my wife, but he had called her to do the same thing. Um, and so we come from different sides of the track, 
we met in the middle of the road and now we walk down this road um you know in tandem as, as a couple with god strengthening us to do this and uh and i don't know you know why he picked us I, i'm not any different than anybody else i don't know why he called jeremiah to you know continue to preach to a nation that didn't listen i don't know why he called nehemiah to to watch over the wall and i don't know why he called uh joseph to uh reign over an evil kingdom um mm -hmm. but he did and uh so he called us to do the same thing and um and we're even when we don't want to even when we get tired we still we still push forward on it because uh, a true call god doesn't take away Yes. And, you know, I like to find people that are truly invested in their callings. Like this is what God has called us to do. They're not just aimlessly going about life. And you're, you're actually through this calling, God has enabled you to help people to be healthier because you can bet that people are sitting there right now. And uh, I know for me personally, this is something I don't even like talking about, but it's, you know, the last couple of years, especially since COVID, when we kind of got like told to stay put and not be able to do things, you know, I feel like it's easier for me to put on 10 pounds or lose 10 pounds or, you know, kind of wrestle with it. And I don't like that at all. But um, you've got people sitting there and they're like, I just don't even know where to begin on how to start getting healthy again and get this weight off me. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, a lot of people need direction in this because you're not going to get it from mainstream medicine anymore. Unfortunately, that those days are over. Mainstream medicine now is about um, symptoms, algorithmic prescription of medication. That's it. Not knocking it. We need it. It's good from time to time. We need acute care stuff. That's good. But we need to teach people how to stay well, be well, and maintain wellness. That is really where the investment is. And a, a lot of people don't do that today. And, and we're like, Best analogy I can give people, Laura Lynn, is that people want to want to get our help. They can. There are ways people can go on our website and subscribe to all of our stuff. We give a lot of information away through you know videos and movies and books and things like that. And we're like that uh, light socket. You know, if people need the power to do this, um, we are empowered to do this. And if we get out of the way and God does it through us. People can plug into us and get a hold of that power to bring about change, and then change happens. And if we all do our job right, you know, people get better and God gets the glory. Amen to that. We, we appreciate this. So people can go to your website, Sherwood.tv, and they can perhaps, um, you know, find something that's going to be able to help them. And you're talking about these, uh, these kingdom, what did you call them? Kingdom. Yeah, we've got Kingdom Fuel, which yeah. is a, a two-year shelf life whole meal replacement with organic pea protein, greens and reds, vitamins and mm -hmm. minerals, and fibers. Uh, we got Kingdom Candy, which are meal replacement bars. We've got, you know, again, the Kingdom Cup, which is the organic mold-free coffee. And then we've got Kingdom Crunch, which is going to be healthy cereal, peanut butter, one flavor, Aussie berry, that other. We're just trying to create this to give people opportunities for optional choices that are not extravagantly priced. These things are so low priced, they're actually cheaper than purchasing junk food. And so I find mm -hmm. that, that we're trying to actually solve a problem um, as opposed to just, you know, talking about the problem all the time. But people can do that. There's programs on there that people don't even, don't even need to work with us, but you can. Uh, there's self-directed, self-guided programs that people can do better. And so they, they can really begin to attack 
you know, not just the obesity issue, but they can begin to attack the unhealthy issue that's really destroying our, our world right now. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing that I do, first of all, um, I try to stop eating the moment that I'm full. So a lot of us, like you go to the restaurants and those portions, especially in the U.S., not as much in, in Canada, yeah. but like if you order a meal, like I can go to our Cactus Club and turn that amazing meal, which I'm going to pay $25 for into two days of a good, a really solid meal, like with a good piece of chicken breast or, or a steak uh, with potatoes and stuff like that. But I can... I can just kind of half it because I get full, but what we tend to press through, we keep eating even though we're full. And I think that gets us in a, in a bad way. This is an important analogy that people can do right now. I want everybody listening right now to, 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 to put two fists up, just like I've got going. And on the screen, if you're just, you know, you're just listening, it's not saying, I've got my two fists up connected with each other at the knuckles. That represents the size of the heart, the human heart, approximately. Now, remove one of those fists, boom, leaving one. That fist now represents the size of a stomach. So your stomach then is half the size of the heart. And then I want you to visualize, like, how much food does it really take that space? It's not very much. But what makes us overeat, Laura Lynn, is we eat too fast, we eat stressed, the signaling mechanism, which is supposed to go from the stomach to the brain, I call it that 14-inch journey, um, that thing becomes, um, it takes about 20 minutes. But in today's world, with all the stress, we eat really fast, which impairs digestion, impairs the signaling, causes us to overeat, and causes that once fist-sized stomach to swell up like a beach ball. So now we've had the expression, oh my goodness, I ate too much. And that creates... Again, over the course of time, insulin resistance, fat distribution issues, and contributes heavily to the obesity crisis. Yes. I, um, I just appreciate this so very much. Um, like even, uh, I mean, I didn't actually know that our stomach is half, like it's basically half the size of the heart, right? Uh, that is so, so very interesting. We need to learn more about these things and be invested in it. If we could switch topics, I wanted to play a clip for you and ask you a little bit about what's going on in the United States of America with respect to uh, your politics and, um, you know, the the economy, the rising interest rates. We're also facing it here, I think, in a much worse degree. Our money is literally 60 cents on your dollar. It's never been so uh, horrendous. And we feel... We're seeing people begin to have tent cities on our national highway here, Highway 1. They're, they just they can't survive, you know, what's going on. But here's a clip, and then I'd love to hear from you about what's going on in your country. Biden is not the author of all this. This is, this is crazy, leftist, uh, everything that's going on in America. I mean, at what point do we look at the cage with the gerbils that have been experimented on and go, yep, they're all dead? <laughs> we're, I mean, we, he, we have Biden stand there with a bunch of dead gerbils in a cage. And he's like, no, see, they're, they're all, they're fine. Everything is fine. No, no, the experiment is over. Yeah. It's we're, chaos in the streets and everything else. We're reaching the Mao part of this where they just bring in a bunch of new gerbils and then watch them die too. Because right. we are kind of being experimented on here. We all sort of, uh, I don't remember signing up for like, you know, unlimited printing of money and spending into oblivion and basically modern monetary theory. But here we are. 
we're in the middle of just ex- an experiment on it. I thought that experiment, which started with COVID, was proven to be really problematic and, and caused issues, and we were going to go away from that. But Bidenomics want to, wants to continue that. Yeah, I'm going to show you uh, just what has happened to your dollar in the last 20 years. What you could have bought at a grocery store with a $20 bill and what you can buy today. It's not that prices are going up. Prices are going up because the value of your dollar is going down. Um, You know, if you had a gold piece in the 1930s, if the government would have allowed you to keep it, if you had a gold piece in the 1930s, it would have been worth about 20 bucks. Well, that gold piece could buy the best men's suit at the time. That gold piece today can buy the best men's suit. Okay, it, it's, it's that the dollar has been devalued. It's not the price of goods and services. It's they're destroying it. And they're destroying it now at this point intentionally while telling everyone, no, we don't have to worry about not having enough lifeboats on the ship. So that that was, you know, quite a chat. Yeah. What well, what's your thoughts on what's happening to our world, North America? Well, we're seeing when we saw the dollar um, shifted from gold back to, you know, the petro back. The dollar, U.S. dollar has been the guiding currency for many, many decades around the world. With the devalue of the dollar, you're starting to see the nations like the BRICS nations they are beginning to, uh, to buy up a bunch of gold. Their goal is to uh, create a brand new currency that supersedes the dollar. So you're seeing the attack on the U.S. dollar. Um, again, Glenn Beck is right about the devalue of the U.S. dollar. That's been an intentional thing for a long, long time. Um, when that happens, it, it reminds me of the Monopoly game that we used to play as kids. You know, that paper money that meant nothing, that if we lost the game, it was no big deal. We could just play again. Uh, we have politicians right now playing Monopoly with our lives. And because of that, you're seeing poverty increase. You're seeing people that just can't make it. And I've encouraged people to begin to sort of try to create your own system, system of bartering, you know, uh, plant, you know, gather, uh, harvest, trade, trade goods and services, and try to create their own system the way that our countries were respectively founded on those, those relationships. And I see that's the only way out. You know, if you have the chance to buy some gold and silver now, you should do so because they still, as he mentioned correctly, that still holds great value because it's a tangible asset. And those tangible assets we need to accumulate right now as best we can because things are changing and the dollar devaluing will destabilize the whole uh, worldwide economy to a place that we've never experienced before. Right. So this is scary uh, for people like in Canada. Are you guys going through the same thing where um, mortgages are coming up for renewal. I don't know if you have the same system, but you had a mortgage for five years at at two point two percent. All of a sudden, it's seven percent, and your mortgage is up for renewal, and you got to pay, you know, a couple thousand more dollars on your mortgage, and people can't afford it. That's right. Now, people are not buying new houses right now at all. The the inventory is not being as high from the real estate market. I talked to a realtor the other day. Uh, interest rates gone up, like you mentioned, respectfully. So people are not able to afford and borrow money. Um, rental markets are still out there right now, but people rent now. They don't own, which takes away their net worth. 
right? Their ability to accumulate net wealth goes goes down. So you're seeing more and more dependence created upon the respective governments, which gives you more top-heavy power, less bottom-heavy power, and that respectively destroys the very idea of our, you know, your your charter that you talk about in our rights, where the the people are the governors of the government, and now the people are being governed by the government. And that's the opposite of what God wants. The proper order of authority, Laura Lynn, is God, man, society, then government, not the other way around. Mm. Yeah, and our freedom and our ability to create wealth and all of that is given to us by God. And in fact, God wants us to be blessed and we have very evil powers that have come in and they're destroying our ability to, you know, to have an abundant life. Um, so some things have happened. So we have to govern ourselves carefully. I was talking to a lady today where the school systems here are basically telling us, you know, what we have to teach our children. And it's like, no, no, no. Like the government is not responsible for my children. And the government is not responsible for my freedom. That was given to us by God. And I think that yeah. there is an awakening through all of this mess that we have got to return to our faith in God and to get us out of it. We see what's going on with your government, um, you know, with the, the the challenges with Trump and Biden. I mean, Hunter Biden is the one who should be facing all kinds of criminal charges. But I hear that they're indicting him shortly. Uh, but we do see that Donald Trump is really uh, laser focused. They're trying to take him out. Well, they are right now. And, you know, anytime you have a system, and I've said this before, being in law enforcement, different perspective, you know, the um, politically guided prosecutions have been going on for, for eons of time. Look at, um, look at Pilate, the trial of Jesus. That was a politically guided prosecution because there was an attack on the, the enemy of the culture, the enemy that wanted to bring things right under God. And any time you have um, disruptors of an evil culture, disruptors of a Babylonian culture come in, the Babylonian culture will try to prosecute them. And this is exactly what's happening. It's a prosecution that's really agenda-driven uh, versus, you know, I know it looks personal, and it is personal, but it, it's more of an agenda persecution. In other words, they want to destroy the people who have and have spoken the voices of God and proclaim the sovereignty of God, proclaim the power of God. And if you can silence that, you know, as you see in your country, if you can silence that, you gain uh, control over people, and they don't know any better if generations pass. And so this issue right now that we're seeing in America, it, it's got a bigger um, connotation, a bigger meaning than just America. This is a worldwide issue. We're trying to, the, the, the Babylonian system, the evil world is trying to silence the people that want to speak God's voice. And I believe from a prophetic standpoint, it's it's just that the, the the devil knows, in a sense, his time of having any sort of control is short. So he's going to put an all-points bulletin out for um, trying to uh, persecute and prosecute. And we know, uh, biblically speaking, that there was uh, you know, prophecy of this. You're going to see wars, rumors of wars, um, famines in various places, disasters, earthquakes. We're seeing this, persecutions. These things are going to come. But Jesus tells us, uh, don't worry. I'll care for you. Don't fear. I'll care for you. Don't be anxious for anything because in due time, I will lift you up. In other words, he's got our back. 
Our job right now is to be aware of this stuff, to be uh, wary of this stuff, but not be consumed by it. Because if we get consumed by it, we let our light, uh, you know, kind of go dim. Our job is to shine the light um, today. And we are called with that one purpose, to be a vessel of hope for the world. And, you know, I'm kind of glad in a way that we're here right now because God could have picked any other time for us to be around in history. He could have, you know, even, with, even if it wasn't for COVID, I would have never known you. You would have never known us. And so exactly. in, even in the worst times, we see that Romans 8.28 really comes about, that all things really, really do work for the good for those who are called by God according to his purpose. Amen. And, and I like the way you're looking at it because one thing that I'm seeing in people even that have faith is that they've got to come to a place of increasing their faith and understanding this is very exciting. Let's, let's change our perspective. Yeah. We could be born in a boring era, you know, maybe the, I don't know, right after the, you know, Second World War or whatever, you know, it kind of just went into a, a lull and people had to recoup, you know, from losing a lot. But uh, instead, we're kind of at this epic era of the ultimate fight between good and evil and all of this uprising and, and the deception, the lies that we saw in the last, you know, three years, the exposure this is exciting. And if God is with us, thank you for reminding us that he says, let not your heart be troubled. This is this is the greatest era of all time. And I, I am so glad that I'm young. I, I'm young enough to get to have like, you know, 30 good years and 10 bad ones of of seeing like the total like what God will do and how we will turn to him. But we definitely have to have our faith in him. We, we need to go back to the word. We need to see a, a revival, a renaissance of God returning to our hearts, our souls, because evil, it, their agenda, they're not even hiding it. They're just putting it straight out there now. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad about that. Like you you already said, it's not hidden. It's fine. You can see it. It's overt. And and. Let us understand, and this is for people out here listening, there's a fine line between distraction and direction. You know, uh, distraction can get you off course, and even one degree. If you put too much focus on the distractions and the evil that are, you actually empower that thing. You give it more uh, push, and it pushes you off course. Direction is following and staying focused where God wants you to be while being aware of the distractions but not becoming um, distracted by those distractions and so it's a fine line there and the only way I know how to do it is kind of start over every day evaluate where I am and where we're going and what we're doing and really kind of bring things back to the present you know like what what is this doing what does this mean and, and kind of bring perspective back to it because if we we lose perspective clearly we're being distracted and so I, I want to you know understand like Abraham did and God said to go he didn't have the whole story scripted out but he did have the right yeah. direction. And so we need to get back to that point today. Right. And and God even called him to a new land, you know, go and take new land. And that could be metaphorically speaking for all of us, like do something great at this hour, like stretch yourself, do something magnificent. You know, as God blesses Abraham, he will bless us. Uh, before I let you go, uh, you, you told us uh, we are all mourning. Um, I am so sad. Like I spent a moment this morning I was getting ready to come on the show and I was thinking about those families in Maui 
where the fire just swept through so fast it killed the children. Parents are, you know, all in in uh, an uproar. You know, the 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 city is just devastated. And then you said that personally, you were there a couple of days before. Yeah, my wife and I um, had a vacation scheduled um, there, and then the pandemic kind of messed it up. But we rescheduled it, and it just so happened to be um, at the time that we're talking about. We had left the city. Uh, of Kahului, which was right down the road, like four miles from Lahaina, which we're seeing as completely devastated and burned right now. We drove through that city. Uh, we unfortunately didn't have our luggage one day, so we had to go down to Lahaina to get some clothes and groceries. So we mm. we got there, and you know, to see that thing, little quaint little shops, little restaurants, all the tourists walking around there, and uh, you know, the road was narrow, and I'm I'm complaining about the narrow road and all the people. And now to think of it as being gone. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, to talk to people while we're there, we stayed there a whole week and, uh, you know, asking them how they were, how the pandemic was. And the hotel we stayed at didn't even have enough workers. So there is an oppressive spirit on, on those islands mm -hmm. right now, I think, because mm -hmm. of the lack of leadership, you know. And um, we did see, um, you know, overgrowth of vegetation and the wind does blow a lot over there. And, um, you and know, dryness. the disaster that happened. Yeah, it's tragedy. It's a tragedy right now. And I think that, you know, shame on everybody for trying to, um, you know, focus on the blame versus focus on the families right now. You yeah. know, shame on the, both sides of that to, to try to pin it on whatever at this point. Mm -hmm. Truth always comes out, Laura Lynn. Mm -hmm. Our job right now should be to come together as people to support those people, no matter what they believe at this point and try to find and recover those bodies that are most likely still out there, bring those families some resolve, some healing, some closure. And, um, you know, America, the, the, the stingy nature of this, they give that those families $700 mm. and they give Ukraine billions of dollars. Mm. I think to myself, the disparity of that makes me so frustrated, you know, and, and again, back to our point, let's just print some money and give it to Ukraine um, to, to fight a war that people have questions about and there's no real truth going on because we don't know who to believe. And yet these people are hurting. That city burned. That People died. That I know. People's livelihoods are gone. We need to get all the political nonsensical differences out of the way and help those people. Yes. Yes, I agree. My heart is broken for I can just only, how would we feel if that was our children, um, our home, everything. Right. Yes, thank you so much. You know, uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood, you are really uh, somebody who inspires me a lot. And I appreciate that you and your wife, you're so committed to God, number one. You're committed to your families. You're committed to being healthy. Uh, you're committed to helping people like us find better health. So um, I don't know if I still have um, Dr. Mark's... Uh, website up there, JT, if it's still on a share, but it, you just go to Sherwood.tv, everyone. And I'm glad you got the .tv. I got the LauraLynn.tv <laughs> a lot of years ago, and I thought it was the coolest, you know, to have it. And no well, one had cool, .tv. Man. Yeah. Right, right. No, uh, we it's we like, like that, man. It's right. kind of a little, little cool suave action there. It kind of sounds <laughs> neat. We're trendy. We're leading the pack. 
All right. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. Please say hello to your beautiful wife and uh, we'll see you again real soon. Thanks for joining us today. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. God bless. I really like that family. I really like the spirit um, that I sense off beautiful people. Uh, boy, I just, I appreciated meeting good, God-fearing, beautiful people across the United States last year when we uh, kind of did a little, you know, jaunt down there. Uh, was that 20, I guess it was 2021, really, that we were down in the States? No, no, no. It was 22, right? It was last year. Um, and uh, there's a certain uh, aura and a sense of people who have faith and who have kindness, who have integrity, character, and the truth that seems to surround them like a blanket. And I love that. And, um, you know, we met so many of those good people as well in Saskatchewan recently and then in Manitoba when I've been there and my travels through Alberta. And we'll throw Ontario in there as well. <laughs> I love you guys. Um, it, it's amazing that we are seeing the rise of the darkness so incredibly that it's right in front of us. It is not hidden. It's right there. We are seeing economic uh, collapse and harm coming to those who just can't survive that what was $2 yesterday is $4 today. You know what you used to pay $10 in order to pick up a few things at the grocery? Well, now that's $14 or $15. Frozen burritos. Frozen burritos. My husband went and he loves burritos. He couldn't buy it. He put it down. It, it had gone, like you used to be able to get, what, 10 burritos, JT? You get a bag of a dozen. A bag of a dozen bucks. for 10 bucks, and now one burrito was, $6. yeah, was basically uh, $6. How come you didn't tell me I got, do I have this weird thing, this one weird hair? When were you going to mention that? You thought I planned, you thought I planned it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know what's going on. All right. You're in trouble. We're going to talk about hair etiquette after this and how to survive our marital disharmony. Some scissors he hands me. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to really lop it off. Okay. See, that's a guy thing, right? That's how we don't connect, right? On the same. No, I'm not cutting it off. For Pete's sake. All right. Um, so, now, Mark Sherwood mentioned Golden's Over. Uh, we highly, absolutely agree. I was just talking to a business uh, person yesterday, and uh, this is what they believe. They believe 100% that we have to shore up what we have. If you have some cash and you'd like to make sure that it's not devalued in a day, that it's not refused to be released from your bank account in a day, uh, somebody called me about a situation yesterday wherein their bank has been holding funds for a long time and they got in a dispute with them. And uh, anyways, they're pretty concerned that they can't get their funds out because they, what it is is they want to take their funds out in a large cash lump sum. And there's, there's uh, quite a problem. The, the, the banks don't want to just do that. We highly recommend that you invest in gold and silver. Gold and silver... Everyone's saying it's going to go up while the dollar is going to be a problem. So email sovereignize at protonmail.com. Talk to Steve Merrill. He will get right back to you and do something wise. Like, you know, you we put out warnings. 
even a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like just start, just start getting your, and it feels so good. You know, you get your little coins, you know, and they're all silvery and, and it's wonderful. Like it just feels like you've got it in your hands, solid, right? And maybe you get, you know, a thousand or $2,000 worth of these coins. If, if that goes up, then you're, you know, then your profit increases, you have more buying power. And in, on a rainy day, uh, I, I want to be able to go, okay, well, all the bank systems are down, digital currencies in and everything's down. We can't, well, I'm going to be able to go down to the local dollar store and say, you know, what can I get for my coin here? Because my, my family's hungry and we need a bit of food. Thank you very much. And already people are beginning to use, you know, a, a silver coin as an accepted currency. If you'd like to buy one of their, you know, items, um, I've seen it happening more and more. So uh, gold and silver, you can go to any currency exchange all over the world. And that is legitimate currency. Isn't that fascinating? And it is about to explode is what they say. So if you're sitting on that, be wise. We give you our best advice here. When JT and I sold our property in Canada and we invested elsewhere in the world, it was because we saw that there was a problem here. And the Lord gave us very explicit instructions. And I've gone through it before, so I, pray, I probably won't bore you with this story, but I love to tell it. I just opened up Ezekiel 12 and there it was. It said, pack your bags and go. And my husband and I knew that very day that we had to put our home that we loved on the market. We sold it. We took our funds. We invested elsewhere in the world because we saw that Canada was headed. Now, this was back um, a year ago in 2021. We saw the writing on the wall. We told you. We shared it with you. Because one of the things Ezekiel 12 said was that do this, pack your bags and go as a sign to your fellow man, basically. And so that part, you know, wasn't just private for us. We decided because I kind of live my journey here with you, I tell you the truth. And if, if I, you know, if I think something, I tell you, you can disagree with me. You can always write me, let me know what you're thinking. Um, and we can discuss, but I'm brutally honest, brutally honest about what I see, what I feel. And I expect that from you. I not only ask you or say it's okay, I expect you as a Canadian citizen or a U.S. person or, hey, we've got people that they say hi from the Netherlands, hi from Australia. You know, it's fantastic. We're, we're connected. I expect you to tell me what your thoughts are. And if we're going to have a little discussion that can get heated, and I, I have heated discussions sometimes with friends. Because you have to mine for the conflict. You have to mine for how to get to what the truth is. What is God saying? I want to uphold the principles of the word of God with integrity and character. So when I see compromise or when I, or you know what? Maybe it's just a certain sense that God is saying something, then I want to share it with you so that we can together navigate this. Don't you think I, hey, listen, all right, I'm five foot five. One of the things people say when they meet me, they go, oh, you're shorter than I thought because I think I look taller here. Do I? Do I look taller on this set? I don't know. But 
I'm not tall. I'm a little blonde girl. I'm five, five foot five and a half. I like to throw in the half, okay? And with heels, I can take that up to a good six and a quarter, all right? Five, five foot six and a quarter. But I'm just a girl navigating a horrendous time in history with the joy of the Lord, with the peace of Almighty God, with the power of the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Because I have to get in front of you every day, do you know one of the things I love to do? I just get in the word. This morning I was reading in Jonah, and I think maybe I'll, I'll close with that here in a minute, but I'm just a girl navigating this like you're just a girl, you're just a guy, and we're very aware of what we are and what our sexuality is, okay? We are not gender fluid. We are heterosexual and proud of it. And we're just navigating this crazy world and I want you to learn to be more vocal with what you believe, not just me, not just my videos. And I know lots of you tell me, oh, I send your videos everywhere. Wonderful. Also speak. Also, when you go to that meeting, when you're in your place of work, just say, just, you know, this whole gender thing, it all falls apart at women's sports. Okay. It falls apart at men going into our daughter's bathrooms in a public place. This whole narrative falls apart when we have to put ourselves into a vulnerable position where men with a greater body mass and muscles are, are competing against women. That's, that's not fair. I thought women fought for equality. It's not equal. There's nothing equal about a woman, uh, you know, being in a swim meet with a dude. That's not equal. I thought we were fighting for equality. Now we just gave it all away. Are y'all crazy? Like, what kind of feminism is that? You're letting down your, your peeps. What's wrong with you, right? So imagine if you're at work and you're able to just kind of say to somebody, I, I just don't think that's right, that Let's say I've put in, uh, bring it, make it personal, make a story. Let's say I have a daughter and I've invested $30,000 in swimming lessons. I've taken her early for years to, to train every morning before school so that she can be an Olympic athlete. And she is going to be one of the finest swimmers of all time. And she, she, is, she is now ready and I've, I've invested. And then a guy comes along. A guy who, who, he's a swimmer too, and he loses. He's at the bottom of his, his fleet of men, right? And then he comes and he says, I'm a girl. He puts on a female swimsuit <laughs> and he competes against the girls and he wins. Why? Because have you seen those muscles? Girls can't even get muscles like that. Okay, well, I have seen some, some girls really fight hard to get muscles like that, but you know what I mean? Like for a guy, just kind of, they've got more muscular parts. It's not fair that they swim against girls and win and get the, and you know what? They're so proud. I mean, how arrogant and, and ridiculous. Like, okay, you're, you're a pansy because you just thought that you're so cool because you just beat girls. I mean, in my day, if some guy was celebrating that he just won uh, running against a girl, 
our whole class would laugh at them. Like, who cares if you beat girls? Girls are not as fast. They're not as muscular. They're just not. That's why you don't have a whole lot of female uh, claiming to be male and going into these. The, you know, so, so women suffer. So the women that fought so hard for equality, women that fought so hard to be recognized are now giving all their power away to dudes who say they're women who are not. Sorry, not by a long shot. You got facial hair, all right? You're not one of us. You can't give birth. And even if they make some crazy way where some dude gives birth because you, you had to have female parts implanted into your body, and Lord knows how you're getting it out of your parts, okay? Because you don't have the right canal, all right? So we're not with that. So what if you just kind of have, now I know I say things in, a, in kind of a, a bit of an aggressive tone, as my husband might say once in a while. Um, you could just tone it down and you could say, I just, I just don't see how that's okay. That if I've invested all this money in my daughter to be top of her game, some guy comes in and he's at the bottom of the dude's side, comes in, competes against her, takes the gold because he says he's a woman. Is that fair? Is that equal to women? Is that fair to women, I ask? Is it okay for a guy who's in a little tutu skirt? Have you seen this dude? He goes into girls' bathrooms. He looks like a perv. And we're all supposed to go totally politically correct. It's fine. If you think you're a woman, who are we to say you're not welcome to our bathrooms where our girls might be? in a vulnerable position one day, unprotected, as this, and, and, and it has happened. And then there's the whole prison thing. What a gig this is, eh? You got life imprisonment, so you have no hope of parole. Might as well get your stuff cut off. Might as well get moved into the women's prison. Heck, you might even be able to have sex with them. You might be able to, and that's what they've done. These transgender men who say that they're women go into women's prisons and they've, they've had pregnancies come out of that. I, th I thought he was a trans. What? It's just, it's all, it, it all falls apart. Just kind of, why don't you just have these conversations? And you know, you don't even have to express your opinion so much as it's kind of like you sprinkle salt in there. You kind of say, what do you think of that? And we're paying for those prisoners who've, who've killed people. We're paying thousands and thousands of dollars to give them a pair of breasts in jail and move them to the, the women's prison. Does that, does that make sense? No. You see, every one of their points, it all breaks down if you have discussion. And I believe in having good discussion. And I believe in stating our opinions. We have become a country, and I will speak specifically to Canada, we are so polite. They, the world knows us as the people who apologize when the, you shouldn't be apologizing. I am unashamed and unapologetic of being a female heterosexual. I've had three children to prove it. And there's lots of women, they never have children, but they're women. They have the parts 
They are created by God with the chromosomes that equal female. And I am proud to stand up for that. And I will look you square in the eye and I'll say, I don't buy all that stuff that you're milling out. I don't buy any of it. Have a good day. We got to get a bit tougher and a bit stronger in how we speak. And I hope that you will teach your children this. Speak strongly. Stand up for what you believe. Don't let anyone take that away. Okay, so my website is lauralyn.tv and I just appreciate all of you. Jolan, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum. Okay. Um, Jonah, I'm looking for Jonah. I appreciate all of you who uh, support us and who donate and help to make this possible. We sit here because of you. We're not funded by anybody. We don't have any big organizations behind us. We don't have a big ministry behind us. We are uh, Shepherd Ministries uh, doing business as Laurelin Ministries. We That is the ministry that I head. Uh, we give income tax receipts for donations because we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ here. And when you donate here, you get an income tax receipt. You stand with us to propagate the gospel of Jesus, to tell the truth to, the, to a world that is telling us lies. And it's never been more important to have voices that are just like ours, that are standing up and saying, we will not bow to the agenda. And, you know, and, and we want to be healthy, everybody. Um, when I saw that, you know, Dr. Mark Sherwood was talking openly about, um, you know, this, this culture of just, you know, overeating. I mean, in the Bible, that's a bad thing. Do it for yourself, guys. You know, tone down on, on the sweets and all this stuff because it, it's, you know, it's uh, shortening your lifespan. And it's also, you're going to get to those final 10 years, man, sitting in a place where you got, it's real hard for you to stand up because you got all that extra weight. You don't need it. And, and you don't have to give up a lot. Just stop eating when you get full. Like, take a doggy bag home. I take a doggy bag home 99% of the time. JT knows this because sometimes I forget it in the back of the car and it begins to smell. And then, you know, we talk about it and we have, like, uh, a little learning session on how we shouldn't forget things in the car. But, um, <laughs> but we... We can expand our food. We don't have to eat all of it in one, you know, large chunk. And then there's these amazing little bars. Uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood talking about how these are cheaper than junk food. And you get a full meal in a little bar. Maybe you just got to do that and have some good water or maybe some some uh, good fruit juices or something. I don't know. I don't even know if that's healthy because I... Is that okay? Fruit juices is not really. It's a lot of sugar. Fructose. Okay. Don't listen to me. Just have water and water and, you know, I, so I have someone in my family, they just meat. They just want meat. Do not like vegetables. They just want meat. So we try to accommodate that. So Jonah goes to Nineveh in Jonah 3. And uh, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah. So what he had done, he got eaten. You know, he got swallowed by the whale. Remember the story, Jonah and the whale? Do you know why he was running? Because he did not want to preach to Nineveh because he had no compassion on them. He said, let them die. Why am I going to go and preach to Nineveh? What if they repent? These are evil people. Do you know Jonah's heart was totally ungodly? I mean, and God called him. Isn't that funny? 
Why didn't God call, uh, you know, one of them evangelists that they want to go and save the city? They want everyone to stop their evil wickedness. No, no, God calls Jonah, who's upset that God would even have mercy on these vile people. So he goes and he preaches. Oh, and he tells them that they need to repent. So Jonah obeys the word of the Lord and he went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city and it took him three days to go through it. And Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh, you will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God because of what Jonah said. Now he was not happy about that. Jonah did not think they deserved to be forgiven because they were such an evil people. He had a really bad attitude, okay? So the people of Nineveh, a fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, which he didn't want him to, to call a fast and repentance, he wanted them to burn. They deserve to burn. So when Jonah's warning reaches Nineveh, the king, uh, the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne. He took off his royal robes. He covered himself with sackcloth and he sat down in the dust. And this is the proclamation that he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king of the nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. We're going to fast. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. I'm going to underline that. Because that's an important phrase right there. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Wow. And their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. The king of Nineveh got it. God is about to smite us as he is the mighty smiter. He's about to take us out. But if we will follow him, if we will obey God, if we will honor God, then maybe he's going to turn his wrath from us. God may relent and have compassion on us. When God saw what they did, and how they turned from their evil ways, he did relent and he did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. Do you know what it shows me? That when God sees our humility and our brokenness and our repentant hearts, he turns his judgment away from a nation. We are currently experiencing so much uh, terrible things, so much that is difficult financially, spiritually, in every way. Let us pray that God will turn his judgment, that he will relent, and that he will set us free and bring us to abundance, just like Nineveh. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. 
Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.